Hello, all you kings, queens, and those in between, and welcome to episode 25 of the Busted Limes podcast. I'm your host, Paresh Maharaj, and yeah, as you probably guessed by now, Black Belt will not be joining us because he is editing the aforementioned cool shit that I tell you that he's working on, and trust me, I think y'all are going to love it. But for right now, we've got a long overdue return to the podcast. Everyone's favorite soup connoisseur, good old Fredo. Fredo, That's say right. hi. That's right. It's me, baby. I'm back. <laughs> we can't God. we can't get enough of Fredo on any podcast. I'm all over the place, baby. Uh, so how how we doing? What's up, bud? Oh, you know, you know, just um keeping with my oh so regular um release schedule by uh, recording this episode a only uh two months after our last one you know just you know <laughs> keeping up with the in case you couldn't hear the sarcasm that was sarcasm no we, hey it it yeah. happens sometimes i mean uh <laughs> shout out my buddy arlen who does the hell zone that i've been on a few times yeah. really great very fun podcast and same thing you know it's hard to get into the habit of doing your uh recording every week you know um especially when your podcast is uh is not like so huge that it's your job you know i think for folks that uh are getting millions of downloads you know you can kind of schedule around it for everybody else it's uh, it's a little bit tricky <laughs> Yeah, you know, but I've heard that the best way to turn something you love into something that you hate is to turn into a job anyway. So, you know what? I think I'll keep Busted Limes as a hobby, you know? There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's true. There's uh, there's research behind it. But you know what? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about that because <laughs> I am instead going to railroad you. I hope you have some Station Square music handy because I'm going to sample an energy drink for the first time here live. On this... oh, you you wow. did not know about this. We're going to no, get I just completely not. detoured. No, no uh, I did not. I have sitting in front of me here a can of uh, Tetris Blast G Fuel Energy Drink. Uh, no indication of what the actual flavor is. It just says Tetris Blast. Tetris. Uh, yeah, yeah again, yes, listeners, this is this is not scripted. Like this is not this is completely out of the blue here. This, yes, so, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to open up and sample this can of Tetris Blast and drink it during the recording. Uh, it says here, let's see, Tetris, Tetris Holding, Tetris logos, and the Tetrinimos are uh, trademarks of Tetris Holding. It's an official Tetris product. Um, all right, here, let's let's try. I got this one, and I got the Sonic Peach Rings, but the Sonic Peach Rings, obviously, that's peach flavor. I'm going to lean in close. So you can listen to the uh there we go oh yes all right and take a whiff of this bad boy hmm kind of getting a tropical like a tropical fruit sense like uh like a mango or something let's let's see here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. yeah i don't know that's that's i i i think it's maybe meant to be like a fruit punch type of type of flavor not quite sure I can. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Or like a little, almost like a cotton candy, huh? Ooh. Okay. That actually sounds yeah. kind of cool. Cotton candy, fruit punch, sorta. Hmm. 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 And you said this was called a Tetris thing. Tetris Blast. It's G. Hmm. So G Fuel is a brand of energy drinks, and and most of them are like actual flavors, right? It's like whatever. It's uh, um. Uh, blueberry but they all have some kind of gamer thing right so it's like uh right whatever uh uh blast blueberry blast or whatever you know um right but then i last time i was at the store i noticed that in addition to the usual suite of flavors they had the tetris flavor and they had the sonic flavor so like well i gotta i gotta try these um yeah i don't know 
Tetris Blast G Fuel, um, weird aftertaste. Uh, wow, lots of 300 milligrams caffeine per can. Jesus Christ, it's like three. Well, shit, coffee. get me one. You should have started yeah. with that. Mm. Well, this bad boy is definitely going to put me in the mood to uh, podcast and uh, and play video games all night. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. One thumb, one thumb up, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was going. That's, that's actually what I was getting to because uh, Tetris is a video game, and you know what else is a video game? The subject. I of don't our know dis- any any other video games. The only one I've heard of is Tetris. Oh shit! Okay, well this is well then. Uh, consider this your intro to the next level of gaming, which is the topic of our discussion for today, which is 2022's game of the year from Software's Elden Ring. All right, and now is that yes. like Tetris? Um, is it like a similar it's, like a Tetris it's, type game. It's easier. It's easier than I mean, yeah. I guess <laughs> depending depending on how you uh, consider no, the difficulty, you could make that I argument. Am garbage at Tetris, let me tell you. <laughs> I could, I'm not bad. Like, I'm not bad. Yeah. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris. I'm a fan of that too. The hybrid game where it switches back and forth because I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I enjoy both of those. Mm. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah, so. I figured the best way for us to start with this conversation is, um, yeah, the, the publisher, or is a publisher or studio that's from software? Because I think from software is the studio. The publisher is Bandai Namco. Yeah, in in yeah. this case, they're developing these games. Right, right. So I kind of want to start it off with, um, with what our history is with from software games, because as you've hopefully listened to my previous minisodes, um, from software, they're that studio who's famous for producing those games that force you to, for better and for worse, get good. Mm-hmm. Things like Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Sekiro, Bloodborne, and of course, Elden Ring. So, I'll start since this is my podcast and I feel like you owe me for derailing it with your G Fuel, G Fuel bullshit earlier. I don't know what um, talking about. That was quality content. <laughs> <laughs> and debate. We'll, see, we'll see if the views reflect that. Um <laughs> Yeah, the listen listeners leave comments about how much you enjoyed the uh, te- Tetris G Fuel Tetris Blast review. Yes. So, just for those who um, missed my earlier Bloodborne Minnesota, my history with From Software is I actually started and did not finish Dark Souls Two. Which, whenever people I tell people that, they immediately cringe themselves inside out. Just like, oh, dude, that's a terrible place to start. No wonder you didn't like these games going going into it or at first but i didn't really get into the these games until i started playing bloodborne and bloodborne i feel like is still from software's crown jewel it is you're like a big bloodborne guy i know that you've played through that one a lot right oh god yeah i have and um yeah it was my first of my three from software platinum trophies that i have the other ones being elden ring and also sekiro which oh my god um that is still the hardest uh, first playthrough out of every From Software game. Sekiro, it, uh, the when I got the hell when I finished the game for the first time, when I reached the credits yeah. for the first time, I literally called my brother into the room and was just like, "Hey, come watch me! I want to beat Sekiro for the first time." It was that much of a challenge for Se- me. Sekiro was it's the only one I haven't finished. It's it's too much for me. I just could never get good enough at that one. And, and you know what? I completely understand because let me tell you, I got stuck at one boss. I don't even remember who um I took I literally took a year off, uninstalled it and then eventually I got the inspiration to install it again and then 
yeah, I eventually got over the steep, steep, steep learning curve. And the thing is with Sekiro is it, it has a steep learning curve, but once you get the hang of it, it becomes the easiest among all the games. But that's only if you get to learn, get over the learning curve. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I guess I just never got over the hump, and and we'll talk about it. I mean, because... usually I'm I'm all right at these types of games, but I, mm-hmm. I, that one just never clicked with me. I don't know why. And yeah, well, I think I could actually offer an explanation why is because it is unlike any other of the other Souls games. Like whereas yeah. other Souls games have an emphasis on dodging and pot, and timing your dodge rolls properly yeah, Sekiro is all about parrying yeah. yeah yeah so um but yeah the, I all this to say that I think that's a good starting point for as far as um Elden Ring goes is its difficulty but um you know what, what what's your history with the from software games Fredo yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a cool guy here, like of like I was into it before it was cool, but I'm like an OG guy uh, for um, for FromSoft games. So uh, I was a fan of theirs uh, before Demon Souls. Like I came up playing like Kingsfield and Armored Core and stuff on the original PlayStation and uh, Echo Knight and uh, geez, uh, Eternal Ring, the the spinoff to uh kingsfield and the ps2 uh evergrace their super weird rpg um mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff uh that that they had done and i remember um oh i've got the, a list of their games in front of me here just to remind myself otoji on the xbox that was a great one too um and I remember uh, I was one of the very early people that was like super hype for uh, Demon Souls because I'd really enjoyed the Kingsfield games uh, years earlier. And I, I hadn't I was hankering for a good, you know, medieval fantasy game and the early previews. It looked like outstanding. So I was super, super excited. I got that game like, you know, day one and was telling I was the guy that was telling all my friends about it, you know, and then it, it blew up into uh, a big thing uh, a little bit later on. So. So, so it's one of those areas. I mean, not always. I'm not one of these like video game hipsters that's like I was into it before it was cool. Uh, right, but right. Uh, Demon Souls and Dark Souls and all that stuff uh, that that was the case for me. Uh, loved Demon Souls was probably my game of the year that year. Really enjoy the Dark Souls games, and and we can get into it. But I I do think um, FromSoft kind of got into this weird zone of overemphasizing a different kind of difficulty as those games uh, went on and, and Elden Ring mostly curtailed it, but I, I was less into uh, like the later Dark Souls games because it really seemed like they, uh, I mean, you saw it in their marketing, right? Prepare to die in the prepare to die edition, right? They, yeah. They really went, yeah. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really went like cartoon hard uh, and, and it, and it felt uh, you had more and more moments, and, and I like all those games. I mean, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, yeah, they, yeah. they got shitty, but, like, uh, I feel like there were more moments that... Um, I think of it as like fake, uh, you know, I read the term fake difficulty somewhere like years ago and it stuck with me, but like not uh, fake difficulty, but when it feels like you're fighting the mechanics of the game, you know, where you're getting killed because, oh, um, you have to babysit the camera in this area and you're not able to see an enemy or there's, uh, right. I don't know, uh, you're having to fight this uh, multiple bosses or bosses with a bunch of archers on a leg that you can't get to. And it's kind of like luck based because you're never going to get a win 
window or you're going to get maybe lucky that you get the right window to actually be able to hit the boss. Like Mm -hmm. the later games seem to have more of that kind of stuff, which I didn't like, you know, more of these fights I have to do 75 times and, and 70 of those times I'm dying because of, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, and that's a little bit of a bummer, but, but I, I like their games a lot. Their like world design, I think is, is extraordinary. Uh, Elden ring. I also thought was extraordinary. I was not really a fan of the final boss cause it was sort of one of those things. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they do great, great stuff. I'm really excited for the new armored core. I, I, enjoyed those games a lot and i'm really wondering what they're going to do with this new one uh obviously like a lot of folks uh curious how they're going to follow up uh, elden ring as well yeah because um getting into Elden Ring now is um you mentioned there how well their sets are designed so um i will say that for all my gripes about this game which i will get into but um i try i try to keep the show genuinely positive so i won't go immediately into that but yeah and look hey we're talking about the game because we like it right this isn't yes, like a, exactly. oh you know yeah. yeah of course yeah we're, we're we're if you want just mindless hate on the internet just go back to musk's blue bird app you know oh just my god like, I don't, <laughs> let's not even get it <laughs> yeah yeah which not yeah not getting into that so um but yeah overall i love the game and the very because the very first time you open that door into the first area, which I think is called um, Limgrave or Lanedale. L- L- no, Ling- Lingrave, uh, those are two, because di- Lindell's the capital that you get to a little later, right? Oh, okay. It's yes, Lim- I think so. Wait, so so well, the opening area, hang on, let me, very expert, uh, yeah, we were very prepared for this episode. Yeah, we? yeah, um, I know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that in front of me either, but you know, I think Lingrave is like the name of the, you know, the region that you open up in. And Lime Dolls, like, you know, the third or whatever. I guess I guess you could approach them in whatever order. Yeah, you can. And, and honestly, yeah, it's... Uh, I forget it. I'll, uh, people scream at us in the comments, but I don't I care. Um, what the hell? You guys don't even yeah, know the names of the areas? The first area. Because like, here's the thing. Everything about... Uh, the, a common comparison that I um, heard this game, well, being compared to was Breath of the Wild, and that you yeah. can go anywhere from the beginning. 100%. Like the minute you, yeah, the minute you go through that door and you, the game is, the world is open to you at the very beginning. So I'll yeah. do that. I'll do that thing where you, I'll open the door. I'll immediately go straight to Kaled and get the fucking berserk sword and use that as my weapon and just cleave through bosses like uh, Morgoth and that, you know, the open boss, the first few bosses and even those cave trolls that you run into and those mini bosses from all the caves that you can explore so let's just uh begin with uh where do you think this game ranks as far as difficulty level because if you ask me i honestly think that given all of the tools that the game gives you it i still place it at one of the easier from software games, because especially once you um, find your play style, and trust me, this is a game where it's very easy to find your play style because of the amount of yeah. options you get. You could either go the pure melee route, which, if you ask me, is hard mode because <laughs> which is what we did, yeah, which is exactly 
exactly what we did. <laughs> yeah, strength builds with big, big ass weapons. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you because one of the things about it that I really appreciated is, you know, up until the final boss, even when you do run into an instance of like, man, I just, I can't figure out this boss or this is too tough, you can always leave and go check out some other area, find some gear, get stronger, come back with better stuff and some more levels, and and try it again. And you don't really, I mean. The previous games um, were open-ended to some degree, and you had a little bit of flexibility to do that, but they weren't these, like, giant open worlds where you could, like, just, you know, leave a marker and come back to something 80 hours later, right? Uh, Like this one is. So... Every time I found myself getting frustrated with a boss, instead of just, you know, butting my head against it over and over and over and over again, which sometimes happen with frustrating bosses in, mm-hmm. in Dark Souls 2 and 3, I'd go do something else. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll put a note and I'll check this out later and then I'll check it out later and it would be like totally doable. So, yeah, I, I think... Um, and it mostly felt fair. I mean, I think that the the open world also gave you a lot of opportunity to like get away from fights and stuff. Like if you were right. getting, you know, if you were getting owned, yeah. there were a lot of times wasn't wasn't out. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely some difficult parts. Um, I I wouldn't say it's like dramatically easier, you know, compared to the Dark Souls series or or to Demon yeah. Honestly, Souls. I agree. Yeah, it's like I still like. Let me clarify what I say that it's part of the it's on the easier end of all the souls games what i mean is that it's easier compared to other souls games like that's still well not even get that's not even getting into the late game which we'll talk about later yeah. but again you've got things like co-op and and i especially love the i guess you call them are you called quality of life uh features that they have like they are very this game is very generous with its checkpoints and it's yeah bonfires it's yeah. more generous than the other games and yeah qol stuff is is better in this game than the other games too it still has like the sort of trademark uh from soft jank and and weird stuff that it doesn't explain you know they all kind of have that to an almost charming degree Mm -hmm, uh but mm -hmm. i think it is definitely more intuitive and easier to understand and more flexible than any of their other games it's easier to get into i think for sure than uh you know if you if you sat somebody down in front of like like your example of dark souls 2 uh you're gonna have a harder time acclimating to that than you are acclimating to this i think there's a reason that a lot of people got into this that didn't really like the souls games you know so so i think they they nailed it in that regard i mean it's still a very challenging game uh but they were able to reach a broader audience with it because it is uh easier to get into and more intuitive in a lot of ways yeah precisely and um if you ask me it even and it's still being updated so um i remember god those early games where um you're able to find these things called bell bearings where if you trade them into like the shrine maiden husks at the little central hub that every from that every Souls game has, um, you're able to just buy upgrade materials whenever you need to. Now, in the first build of the game, once you bought the once you got those bell bearings, you had to get them again if you went through another new game plus cycle. With recent updates, you don't have to do that anymore. Now, oh, on yeah, I know it's so. I, I, I get what you're saying as far as from software kind of disappearing up their own asses as far as difficulty goes, but they still have a sense of ways to make things convenient for the player. Yeah, like I, I and, agree with you. 
Yeah, yeah for and sure. The, the and the bell bearings, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the, the no, bell bearings good. are a really interesting th- example of, of precisely this kind of like being a little bit more kind to the players because instead of having, you know, a finite amount of like, well, you, you're going to have to pick two weapons and upgrade them because there's only enough materials in the game to upgrade two weapons. They mm-hmm. made it so like, well, you could actually buy infinite upgrade materials if you find all these bearings and you could build up a bunch of different weapons and not get locked into like uh, it lets you respec a bunch of times too right like the, oh, the yeah. other the other games all had like you had to commit you had to like pick one or two weapons and stick to them you had to like be very meticulous about your build it was easy to fuck up and like put points where you shouldn't put points and there was no way to respect <laughs> i mean it, right. they were like cruel in in that regard and this one is a lot less cruel about that kind of stuff which i appreciate right right and um that kind of ties into my well one of my first criticisms of that game is um it seems to realize that it's too big this map is fucking enormous and Enor- yeah huge it, it's because without those fast travel fast travel is the most useful feature in this entire game like forget you I, I could do without hey take away the healing take away the magic take away hell take away the weapons as long as you leave the fast travel <laughs> you have to fight I, everything hand to hand oh sure why why the fuck dude you can with the right build there are specific there are such a variety of fist-based weapons in this game that yeah you honestly could like yeah, you've I'm got decided the- to jump back in and try like a dramatically different build oh yeah for sure like um i've been i started with a dex build because i like like rapid fire attacks and mm-hmm. so i gravitated toward the scimitars sort of scimitar like weapons because that, that's a little small gripe i have with the game the weapons seem to be just reskins of different weapon types but some of what really sets them apart is their weapon arts which is like the magic uh unique effect that each weapon has so yeah for example some of them can um some of them heal some of them just automatically put holy damage on your weapon and some of them will just straight up shoot magic bolts at uh, your enemies. And yeah, for all the, while I do admit that every, en- every, no, and not every enemy, um, every weapon is basically a reskin within certain, within their categories. There's still something there that, and even just from a design perspective, um, you could just pick the weapon that looks cool. Even if yeah. it is the same they, they did uh, so they did something that you see in a lot of these types of games which makes sense of like uh there's maybe i don't know 10 or 12 base weapon types mm-hmm. and then each of those has a bunch of variants right so like oh there's your your heavy your heavy melee weapons that all have kind of the same you know attack animations to them and then you've got your yeah your scimitar type swords your like heavier swords you've got your like medium axes your heavy axes right and like mm-hmm. each of those has a bunch of variants that maybe will work better with certain builds right or, or um, uh, have an art that you might like. Um, but that that's a sensible approach, right? Because I, I don't think it's realistic to expect a developer to have like, you know, 150 totally unique weapons that all have totally different animations, right? Like, so they, they have a happy compromise. I mean, uh, um, Team Ninja does this with their uh, Souls-like. I mean, a lot of the Souls-like games do this, right? They have your whatever, uh, a yeah. 6 to 12 classes of weapons that in each, every weapon in that class has the same kind of right. basic animations and functions, basically the same. But then there's like a few differences between them and you could kind of pick a favorite. Yeah, honestly, that's a... 
sidebar here. That's, that's honestly why I like Bloodborne the best because they, it doesn't do that. Like it yeah. has unique weapons. Yeah, no, you're right. Bloodborne, yeah. Bloodborne is the exception. It's got a small yeah. number of weapons, but every single one of them is like its own thing. That's true. Its own, yeah, yeah. But yeah, not to just going back to Elden Ring. Um, but yeah. Uh, so with that said, do you have a specific weapon that you find yourself gravitating towards? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, so I went into Elden Ring thinking uh, I'm going to try a strength build this time because I had not done that since uh, maybe Demon Souls. Um, and I ended up going strength with some faith. Um, so a little mm-hmm. bit of a, you know, a little bit of magic. I could heal myself and stuff. And um I was using like a battle axe for a while, but what I eventually settled on and what you saw me using at the end there uh, mm-hmm. was the great axe, which is usually I, I usually don't go for like that tier of heavy weapons. I like to use generally like a sword and shield or an axe and shield, like a medium weapon. Uh, right. But I went with like a heavy build uh, this time. And, you know, until the final boss, it was working great. Um, and if I could go on just a, a little bit of a sidebar, I think part of the reason that I got really um, into that weapon is, do you remember uh, where you find the great axe in the game? Yes, you do. Um, there, It's being pulled by a, it's, it's being well, it's in a chest that's yep. on a cart or a chariot that's being pulled by two stone or stone digger trolls. Yep, and yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that to me was a really fun part of the game. And one of the things I appreciate that this game does that the previous games don't is that there's this cool uh, like ambient challenge of a wagon that's guarded by the two trolls up front that has a whole like retinue of dudes protecting it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for me, right, defeating all of them and getting the chest out of it was like this really interesting challenge that I, I approached from different directions. I tried picking them off at range. I tried coming from the back. I tried attacking from the front. Um, I had to get stronger. I had to take a few shots at it. But when I finally accomplished it, it's like, ah, you know, I finally like defeated that crew that was guarding the chariot. What's in there? I opened the chest. There's a great axe. Like, man, I worked so hard to get this thing. I want to like try it out and use it. Oh, Uh, Oh, yeah. And then I ended up, you know, going like deep into the great axe because of that like experience I went through to get it, which is such a fascinating like it it was like the weapon had ingratiated itself to me before i picked it up (laughs) okay so yeah that i'd see that's that's awesome because you're pro because how many other people have stories like that yeah they just gravitate to what because not this is my weapon like i know there are other weapons out there but i like this this one one. yeah yeah yeah. i mean that's uh that's one of the things that i think this game does really well and it's one of the the positive things that comes from the challenge of like when you clear these difficult things these tricky parts you know you beat that boss you've been trying to beat or you know whatever Mm -hmm. a a lot of times that thing it drops like well i i you extra appreciate it you want to use it you want to like play with it because you work so hard to earn it um and a lot of games don't uh you know i know it's like a hackneyed thing that developers are like oh it's a sense of accomplishment but you really do kind of feel that sense of accomplishment when you get stuff off in this game yeah absolutely yeah and um there's just so many of it uh so many moments like that like um oh my gosh so just to uh, and i can also kind of touch on just the foresight that the developers had here is Mm -hmm. um 
So you know the castle that has the Radon Festival, right? In Caelid? Yeah, that's another yeah. great okay. bit. Yes, of so course. So if you go there before, and this, this is actually going to go to my weapon that I've gravitated towards um, for my strength build anyway, is um, you can actually go to the castle before the Radon Festival starts. And there's a boss battle there where you, well, a mini boss battle where you, where you fight two bosses. Uh, what are those lion looking guys with the lizard like tail? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I, I did All that because right. isn't that where you meet the guy that's like the dad of, of one of the other characters? No, 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 no. You're thinking of uh, the, the castle that's at the bottom of the map like on the forlorn on the forlorn peninsula <laughs> yeah the, the you're right the world is so huge i was like getting oh god the- yes yeah it yeah. is um but, but I yeah know, I'm ta- i know the enemy you're talking about yeah well yes that that's the enemy that is the main boss of that area as well so that that's kind of another thing um they there's a bit too much repeat bosses but we'll get to that later um for right now uh yeah the boss battle is one of those and a crucible knight so yeah, when you beat that, too. yeah, <laughs> it is pretty brutal. But the reward for winning the fight is a legendary armament called the Ruin Sword, and it is literally a sword, a giant ass sword that's that was forged from the ruins of uh, Faramazula that fell from the sky. Damn, that's... and just like, and that's just the lore behind that weapon. The weapon itself is also super good because not only does it does physical and magic damage, it has S scaling with strength when you upgrade it all the way. Oh, damn, that sounds dope. I don't know if I ever got that. I don't think I ever did. That sounds like an amazing weapon. Well, yeah, because it's a hard weapon to get because yeah. who would think to go to Radon or the Red Main Castle after, well, before the Radon Festival? And. The- and that speaks that speaks to one of the really interesting things. Um, just like you and me, everybody seemed to have a different experience running through this game because it is so open ended, and there's mm-hmm. a million hidden variables about doing things in different orders. That like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you fought like a boss that I like never saw, got a weapon I never saw, and there's probably a bunch of stuff I saw that you never did, and items I got that you never got to because like, oh, oh I talked to the right guy in the right place, you know, like if if you yeah. go to this area before this area and talk to this guy he'll appear here but otherwise he won't appear there right like there's a million things like that and it can be it can be a little frustrating because i i do wish sometimes like unlike most games it doesn't give you any sort of tracking of any of that stuff yeah there really doesn't like no quest log that that was a big criticism that i honestly kind of kept my mouth shut on because yeah it's honestly that's a valid point um i mean from software did kind of address it in an update where they just show where npcs are located on the map uh, at any given that's nice that's nice they do that yeah but still that's kind of like uh throwing you're throwing the players a bone but it's like one half of a chicken thigh you know yeah it was <laughs> it, it, it got to be I, I mean i i liked the the sense of you know exploration but uh mm-hmm. it got to be too much to keep track of like i remember i got into this uh it's weird to even call them quest lines right because it's all like informal but mm-hmm. uh all the stuff with uh, with Blade, I think his name is right. The like Blythe, wolf Blythe. guy, Blythe. Blythe. Yeah, he. Yeah, it's actually. Um, and I would have run into him in a few places, and he'd be like, "Oh, meet me in so and so," and then I wouldn't be able to find him there. And then it was like, "Oh, 
you had to talk to this other person in this graveyard area before you're able to talk to him and like tracking him down and all the places where he is like it was it was maddening right and like yeah for sure for sure like um even without and i tried not to use like guides and stuff because it's part of the experience but it's it's eh, difficult to honestly i i like i understand where you're coming from and i honestly did that for the for my first playthrough and um you know there comes a point where eventually you know what i've i i'm stumped like this world is too damn big and if i I, get it if i try and if i try and do this on my own i'm gonna forget yeah, no, that, that happened to me, too. I tried not to use and here and there I'd be like, uh, I'm going to have to check because, uh, yeah, like you lose track of stuff, um, especially when you're trying to follow up on one of those things or, you know, you, you get you get stuck somewhere you get. Well, I got lost in a couple of uh, that area in the sort of um, uh, the, the south, um, uh, the, the southwest corner of the map. Uh, where there's like that big plateau and there was a bunch of stuff there that I kept getting lost because it's like multiple levels but you can't see the levels on the map that was super confusing a lot of the underground stuff was super confusing I I, it's I I get what they're going for because there is this sense of like exploration and wonder and everybody having a little bit of a different experience but I I hope that in a follow-up they go maybe just one notch less confusing with some of that stuff yeah, honestly, same, because uh, you mentioned the map. Do not get me started on that damn map, because the, there needs to be an update to the map that shows you different elevations, because yeah. the, the I swear, the, uh, trying to find the village of the Albanarix in um, the Lake of Lyurnia is such a pain in the ass, because if you just point to it on the map, just like, oh, it's right there, and I'm right here. Why isn't the... Oh, wait, there's a sheer cliff in front of me. How the fuck do I get up there? And then... yeah. That's Luckily, a good example. I didn't find that place until super late in the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it was such a... You had to approach from, like, one specific direction, you know? And and like you a lot to... of things, I stumbled on it. Like, I wasn't even... It was like, oh, oh yeah. shit, this is like a... I've heard people talking about this place. Right, exactly, exactly. And, um, shit. Speaking of things, I missed everything. Have you met the NPC Bach, the seamstress? seamstress that doesn't sound familiar i don't think so he, well he was uh he was an inhuman or not an inhuman uh, a demi-human he's um well an ape-looking guy he's got a very uh co- he's got a bit of an accent um well th- if you didn't hear if you don't know who i'm talking about well then um that's actually perfect because me and my other friends they were talking about oh bach is so so wonderful bach is such a great storyline it's like who the hell is bach yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, you got me there. I, I don't went, know who Bach is. I went through my entire first playthrough without even meeting him, and he's at the very beginning of the. He's at the beginning of the game. He's cursed to look like a a bush, and he kind of he just yells out to you, and you're just meant to be like, okay, where the hell is that voice coming oh, from? Oh, holy yeah. shit, dude! Is that what that is? Because yes. I passed I passed through that area a million times, and I heard the voice, and I was never able to find where that was coming from. So, um, this is a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what that is. Um, so yeah, he's Bach the Seamstress. He, uh, he's a MP. He's a friendly NPC. He, uh, he will take the capes off of your armors if you don't want the cape if you think it looks better without the cape as long as you get him his sewing supplies oh yeah because yeah Yeah. i had found uh (laughs) variants of armors um 
I didn't realize there was like an NPC that could change those for you. I, in fact, mm-hmm. I want to say that it might there might be another way to do that. Um, maybe the blacksmith or something can do that for you. I, I think um, so. I'm not sure. Yeah, but maybe mm. it requires a different resource to do it. But that's wild because I I distinctly remember passing by that talking bush and I was like, man, because I, I think it even makes some allusion to like, oh, I'm here in the bush, but I could never figure out like right. what's the spot, what's the thing, where is it coming from? I I tried you, for hours and hours, never did. <laughs> no, you want to know what did it for me though? What that maybe figure it out? People left messages around the bush that says ah, like try attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> honestly, it might be I played early enough that i missed that yeah and um i just want to get into that real quick because it sounds like we're kind of veering off into veering off yeah, a little too sorry. much in negative terror negative territory but no no no, it's fine it's fine i just just to bring it back to the positives for a sec mm-hmm. um the community has been so goddamn supportive it says there are there are puzzles in that game where you genuinely looking at the notes that people leave on the ground will help you out like yeah um, you're right well, of course, the first being discovering where Bach is, and um, because Bach isn't the only NPC where who's hidden as disguised as an object. The uh, speaking of the village of the Albanarix, the guy who you're supposed to get a very important uh, key item from in order to even access the the place that will give you access to where the Halic Tree, where you eventually fight Millennia, Blade of Mikola. Um, yeah, he's hidden as a jar, and uh, if he if you look at the notes, you'll sure enough, you'll see try attacking or try yep. rolling. Uh, that one like I that. remember. That one I did find. Yeah, yeah. And um, I will never forget, because um, I was part of a Discord server that specialized in Elden and Eldering and just Souls-like games. And uh, again, th- this is just an experience that cannot be duplicated. When I first started playing and just going to Discord, server, so just like, hey, I found this thing. Does anyone know about this? Or hey, hey, well, how do you deal with this? Or hey, what does this do? Or what what is your experience with this? some of the most fun conversations I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted one of the things I I wanted to highlight here. And part of why I really loved the experience is that it reminds me of something very particular that I very, very rarely experience with games that I feel like I only really experience with Elden Ring and and to a lesser extent, uh, the other FromSoft games. And I, I can't remember if you and I had this conversation, but Mm -hmm. Going through it and talking to people about it as I'm making progress and seeing the messages within the game reminds me so much of playing the original Zelda when I was a little kid before the Mm -hmm. internet and other kids would be playing it and you would be talking about it in school and as different kids would figure stuff out in the game, you would like go home and try it and it was this like long uh, process of you know months like somebody would mention like oh yeah you like you can feed the bomb to that guy to make him explode you know because that game uh these days it's like well we all kind of know the zelda tropes or whatever but imagine you're playing that game at you're like six seven oh, years old yeah there's no where to go for any of that information and we were like cobbling it together it was like schoolyard conversations and like elden ring reminded me of that it was like you and all your friends are kind of figuring it out 
piece by piece and you're talking about your experiences and and it really is I, I think that that feeling those conversations that we were able to have um, and that that mindset that it puts you into that you so rarely experience with games that's what made it like really special to me and that's why for me it probably was like you know the top game of the year like one of the more interesting games I've played in a really long time because um, I just don't get to experience that a lot you know and, and that's some of the stuff we're pointing out about like well sometimes it's like maybe a little too confusing but I guess the other side of that coin is the fact that it's confusing and weird and everything is different for everybody and there's a million hidden variables is mm-hmm. what leads to this interesting like the interesting conversations around it yeah oh yeah especially um i want to talk about this for a second is um it seems like every from software game has that one moment that i like to call the rite of passage moment Mm -hmm. so let's say for like in Sekiro, it's um it's one of the okay just to define what uh what i mean by uh from software um Rite of passage moment is um it's one of those universal experiences that everyone seems to experience on their first uh from software playthrough of any game so the go-to example that i always bring up is um in Sekiro, where you face the mini boss called the chained ogre it's the rite of passage moment is you get your ass grabbed and thrown off the cliff because that <laughs> is a that is a unifying experience that people have on their very first playthrough so for this one, I think Elden Ring has the the best uh, rite of passage moment, and it's when you accidentally stumble into Kaelin when you're too underleveled. Because, holy shit, let me tell you, I stumbled onto, well, I stumbled onto Kaelin because I did the thing where you teleport to Kaelin because to feed that guy Deathroot, right? So, Freddy, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm listening. Okay, wow, because you were like dead silent. Okay, no, um, I was just like I, I was. I was like, oh, what's the? Because I I ended up in Kaled. I don't think I did that, but I ended up doing the uh, teleport trap in that one chest, and yep, I actually it. hit it. I actually hit that on purpose because I, oh, I avoided okay. it the first time, and I was like, hmm, I wonder where that takes me. So I like saved. I like burned all my souls and stuff, and then or not not my souls, right? Your yeah, yeah, what, your what your runes, the runes. Thank you, you're rude. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went back and I'm like, well, I'm curious where this teleport trap leads. So I'm going to jump in the teleport trap. And then I ended up in fucking Galen. Like, really early. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, God damn it. And it took like hours to get back. And like, well, they really got me. Uh, but that was great. And, and I feel like that's exactly, that's one of those moments everybody has their like accidentally ending up in Kaelin, like, you know, in that mine and then having to fight your way out of the mine. I mean, yeah, oh, that no, was, yeah. it was brutal, but, but fun, right? Like it's oh, a my cool God. experience. And it makes for a funny story. And you laugh about it because it's just like, oh, wait, no way. That happened to me, too. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're, it's like filled with all these like super durable minor enemies. Like it's such a funny, like a funny, cruel thing. And you are absolutely right. The game is full of stuff like that that leads to stories. And that was a big part of like when I was working my way through the game uh, along with everybody else. Right. You were you were part of the discourse. And like that's that's a thing you rarely get to experience 
sports too, where there's like the big game that everybody's playing and having those experiences simultaneously. And you're able to like share those funny stories because yeah, that Caleb thing was, was definitely one. I think Redan was that story for a lot of people yes. you know, trying to work their way through that fight and figure that one out. Uh, the first time you run into a tree scent, I know I avoided the first one, but I know a lot of players that like, you know, that, that really early tree sentinel that oh, yeah. fight, like, Oh yeah. Some point just ran into him, got immediately owned. Nuked. Um, <laughs> yeah and i had the opposite i avoided that guy forever then forgot about him then ran into him again like 150 hours into the game and just fucking absolutely wrecked you know was able to beat him so easy at that point <laughs> oh man but yeah and honestly you're still seeing people come with stories like that like how recently was it that someone tweeted out that they were in the city of noxtella and how do i remember all the places names except the beginning one jesus christ uh, we were in the, but they were in the city of Noxtella, and that giant ball just rolls past him as he's standing on the railing to avoid it. The ball pauses and then proceeds to roll backwards and hit him and knock him off the railing to his death as enemies down there throw arrows at his corpse. Oh, I love it. I love it. And they all, yeah. And I, I remember having those experiences with the older games too, because uh, one of my all time. I wonder if my if my buddy Howell listens to this because I, I my friend Howell was over by the house and I was playing. I forget which Dark Souls game it was, but I had one of these just funny experiences where I got invaded, and mm-hmm. um, I like ran away from the. I like ran up the staircase, and it was one of these areas that had a trap where like one of those huge boulders would roll down. So like I got him to run away. He ran up, triggered the trap and just got, Oh, just got like run over by the ball and died. <laughs> and, and my buddy was over. We just started laughing, like mm-hmm. high fiving each other. It was such a funny moment. Uh, mm-hmm. That is one that just, just lives with us forever. And, and like, yeah, this game is chock full whether it's like a success story or a story of you getting owned in a funny way because that happened to be a bunch of times too and and a lot of those are are also like memorable and funny and other people had the same thing happen to them oh my god absolutely and let me tell you um i'm actually um now that i've played the game for 250 hours at last time i checked um i'm playing multiplayer with some people that just helping them through areas um that they're having trouble with and um just to, well, kind of touching on the sheer size of this game, um, one particular person I'm playing with has been playing for like eight hours and hasn't even beaten the first mandatory boss yet, but because they want to level up first. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. But, so and, and I sh- you can you yeah. can spend that time, right? I mean, there's a lot exactly. to do. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's like, Even I was starting to get impressed. I was just like, whoa. Um, now that I think of it, it was like, like, you haven't defeated the boss, first boss yet. What are you doing? Uh, but then I was like, oh, you're doing the millions of other things you could be doing besides doing that for and um but one thing though is um as i was guiding them through the map we ended up in the first underground area that area i don't remember what the name is but um it's the area where you have to light those six torches in order to fight the ancestral spirit i remember that that was yeah yeah, that was that was was a tough area with those um (laughs) those like green spirit like viking type guys yeah Yeah, those are tough (laughs) enemies yeah yeah but yeah those are the distractions though the real enemies are those little uh, balls of electricity holes zap your ass yeah those are brutal brutal yeah you're you're absolutely right so many times where i'm like fighting one of the green guys and i'm like ah yes i just got him and then get ganked from behind by one of those big electric like son of a bitch it dies instantly and i and one thing i love too about this is that uh well i think 
pretty much every front software game does this, but the arrows stay stuck in your character's body um, for a little while before. So, and what makes this hilarious is that these particular arrows in this particular area are like the size of a fucking church door yeah, so like you'll be javelins just huge <laughs> ass things sticking out of you yeah so what are the at least the moments where one of you will get hit like right through the head like a freaking side gag and you'll just you'll just tap your partner on the shoulder just be like hey hey uh i feel I'm, I'm, am i okay like does this look infected you know yeah that's, <laughs> how's this look <laughs> that's such but, a i mean yeah that's such a funny thing uh the when you have six yeah. foot javelin yeah the slapstick <laughs> of having the gigantic just implausible like even even if it wouldn't in a world where that doesn't kill you your like head wouldn't be able to support the weight of that thing because <laughs> it's so gigantic <laughs> and you're just walking around like normal yeah it. it's it's really funny and even but yeah even then the serious moments though um because what? Because the same person who I was playing with, um, they'd never seen the ancestral spirit before. So, honestly, my toxic trait is that I'm very flippant about spoilers. So, like, I feel like people like take quote unquote spoilers too seriously. Because what most people consider a spoiler are like surface level plot details. Which, if you're capable of hot take, if you're capable of engaging with media beyond surface level plot details, that will diminish a lot of the power that spoilers have on you. Mm. But with that said, I did not say a word when uh, we were outside the Regal and uh, the Ancestral Spirit boss because I just wanted to... Yeah, I I literally just let... Because I had them on voice chat and um, I just told them, I was like, I'm not going to say a word. Just go through the just go through the fog wall and i'll and i want to he- <laughs> i want to hear your genuine reaction and what ended up happening was she was so mesmerized by how beautiful that boss is that she literally just let herself get hit <laughs> yeah that that was a cool i remember that whole and and one of the things i think the game also does really really well is for those bosses like that where you have to do a bunch of stuff to like activate it right so in that mm-hmm. case of like activating all those torches which could take hours it's mm-hmm. like you're rewarded with a really interesting or gorgeous looking boss it's like they know how to sprinkle in the the unique interesting bosses in such a way that they they almost they feel like a reward of like all right you went through this like complicated sequence and now you get to like experience this really cool interesting fight Oh yeah, for sure. And that's another thing. This is the game that I feel perfected the feeling of your exploration will be rewarded. Yeah. Because I platinum this game and I still am discovering new things about it. Like just the other day, um I look I because I'm at the point now where I have to look up guides just to see what I miss. So right, I realized ninety percent of the stuff or whatever. <laughs> no, not even dude, I'll be surprised if it's if it's that high because <laughs> there's still like so many side quests, so many NPCs that I haven't talked to, so many quest lines I haven't followed. Because you will need to get three endings to, in order to get the platinum. But apparently, there's the dung eater, like that, who's mentioned in the opening cutscene. You meet him eventually, and he has his own unique ending that you could get at the end, which I still haven't gotten. Two hundred fifty oh, hours later. Yeah, later, I've yeah. heard about that. I did find that that guy, the loathsome dung eater, and yeah. uh, and I think Ooh, I ended man. up. I think I ended up killing that guy and have his armor or something. I mean, yeah, I did too. Yeah, because uh, the area where he's in is a complicated labyrinth of sewers. And honestly, no matter which FromSoft game it is, um, I'm not a fan of labyrinths. So, Because, yeah, they make me panic. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's easy to get lost. That, that guy reminded me of um, Yurt from, God, was it Demon's Souls or Dark Souls 1, who was that, like, NPC that would start, like, killing the other NPCs if you let him back at your base? Yes. Uh, so I saw that guy, and I'm like, man, I don't trust this dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing, by the way, that I'm glad this game doesn't have any of that kind of bullshit, because I remember, like, in whichever game I'm thinking of, uh, Yurt could kill, like, the magic trainer, so you, like, couldn't learn spells anymore in that, wa- in, in that playthrough. Mm. Like, seriously hobbling stuff that you didn't really have any like obvious indication i mean there were like clues that he was like bad uh, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of players that got tricked by that and that's that's brutal you're like oh hey you're 80 hours into the game like no more magic i guess you have to mm. restart the game <laughs> Oof. yeah Oof. rough whereas and um uh, speaking of magic i kind of want to delve into my more criticisms now because um speaking of magic i feel like for the late game, the game kind of tries to bully you into using magic because you can get... Don't get me wrong. It's possible to beat the game with just a pure melee build. I've done it. I've seen streamers do it. It's mm-hmm. doable. But magic is easy mode for this game. I mean, magic so, is strong. Yeah. I, it, it is. Yeah. Um... And and I and I do I get what you're saying and and I mm-hmm. and I'm inclined to agree because I think part of the reason that they made respecking so easy in this game is that they're kind of like encouraging you like there's 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 fights and there's parts of the game where it they're certain builds obviously make it much easier and mm-hmm. I was kind of like you because uh, I, I really I only used faith for like buff things and healing myself I was really you know, just using uh, melee. And yeah, there were certain parts of the game that were very, very difficult that if I had just gone like, you know what, I'm just going to respec and be like a wizard for this part. Like it probably would have been a lot easier. Uh, but I, I guess I was too trained by the old games. I like never wanted to do that. I was like, no, I got to get through with my character. And, and uh, you know, uh, other than the final boss where I needed help, uh, I would right. eventually pull it off. You know, it was harder, uh, but I would mm-hmm. eventually pull it off. And I'm sure if you went through as a magic character, which I might do, on my next playthrough i bet you'll run into a lot of parts where you're like oh shit you know if only i had a shield here if only i was like a melee guy this fight would be a lot easier right but here's the thing though you could wield magic and also have a shield on hand just in case yeah that's true yeah but yeah i get what you're saying because here's the thing i like in my explorations especially of the um academy of lyle Raya Lucaria. Raya Lucaria, yeah, that yeah. place was cool, yeah. Oh my god, you find the most powerful, like, I think it's a scepter, or, yeah, you find the most powerful scepter in that, in the game, in that area, because, of course, it's the literal school of magic. Yeah, it's the, yeah, the magic academy, that makes yeah, sense. But <laughs> because, because that requires you to level intelligence, though, and I never level intelligence. Same, same, so. I never used any of that stuff, I never used any of those spells, my intelligence was just, uh, whatever it was at the Non-existent. beginning, right? Eight, or yeah. whatever the... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... It, but it makes me want to use, to start a new character with a magic build because I just want to... Because here's the thing. I just want to be able to learn to know how to play as a magic character just to, just to learn it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. I mean, yeah. us talking about this and, and us jumping back in where you were helping me to beat the boss like made me mm-hmm. uh, get into that mindset. And I'm, I'm currently... You know, shout out to Hollow Knight, which I'm currently trying to finish years after the fact. I'm, I'm taking a, a second run at that game right now. And probably when I finish that, I will uh, have a look at a, a second run at, at Elden Ring. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, just in case the listeners are curious, uh, how about we just go into what we mean by that time I helped you try to fight the final boss? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier, right, like I was a heavy melee build. I, I played through the whole game like when it dropped. Right. I mean, I got it day one. I figure you, you did two or close yes to i that. did yes yeah. i did <laughs> um and i made it all the way through but i i just could not beat that final boss and i was the hours and hours i must have like dozens of hours maybe maybe not do- maybe 10 hours like a long time right like multiple sessions of me just trying to beat that boss and i just could never do it and uh eventually i was like well you know i'm gonna take a break play some other stuff and then you know that became an extended break and and i just you know i never did it uh, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned to me about doing this show and I was like, you know, I'm a little embarrassed cause I actually never finished a game. I did everything but the boss. Well, not everything, but you know, I, I, yeah, I know what up, you mean. I know yeah, what you mean. <laughs> made it up to the boss and I could just never manage it. And then you very kindly uh, offered to jump on and help me. You're obviously uh, much more skilled at the game than me. I got that sense <laughs> from, from watching oh, you there. Thank you. Um, but we weren't able to do it together either. We just never, yeah. you know, just never lined up. We burned um, out. We burned, we burned out. out. And yeah. then uh, later on, I forget if it was that night or the next night, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to like mess around with this some more. And I pulled in some rando and I, and I got lucky and I got one of those like super rand. One of those guys that's probably mm-hmm. tore through that final boss a thousand times. And he just effortlessly beat it, like uh, barely got touched, uh, mm-hmm. ground out its hell, you know, one minute to beat like both forms, just, just crushed the boss. And then I yeah. got to the end because of this like rando guy that helped me out. Um, but a year later, right? Like I took a mm-hmm. very long break. I, I was, you know, I was resigned to like, well, I love the game, but I, I could just that final boss. Um, I know we're trying to stay positive here, but I'm uh, not yeah. a fan of that. I mean, fi- it was, very hard um no 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 let's see here's, here's the thing there's another unifying uh sentiment among the elden ring fan base and that's fuck elden beast they don't like the no, elden beast. no one yeah. likes the elden beast fight yeah. because rat radigan and it kind of it's kind of shame too because it kind of retroactively ruins the radigan fight because yeah which is a ra- good fight it is a great fight yeah but having <laughs> to play through it a hundred times because you have to do both of those bosses yeah you get uh, you get really burnt out on it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can only imagine given the, the super success. I mean, the, the, the souls games were obviously big breakaway successes for, from they, they never had anything that was that big before, you know, armored core and Kingsfield were like hits, but those games were, were mega hits, but Elden ring was, was like an ultra hit, right? I mean, it was mm-hmm. like oh, a yeah. lot of people game of the year, uh, millions and millions of copies. So one can only assume that they will make another, you know, if it's not Elden ring two, another game, that's, you know, an open world souls game. So I hope they learn, learn the lesson from the way people are responding to Elden Beast to not do something, something. like that. I because hope. here's yeah, because here's the thing. You cannot tell me that you that someone made the last minute decision to disallow you from using your horse in that fight because yeah i i don't know and you were right to point it out because you have to cover so much distance and i we were talking about it a bunch because we were on there for hours and hours playing it so like Mm -hmm. maybe it's because they want you to summon people they want you to experiment with bills they want you to use magic i i don't know what they were you know trying to do there uh but not having access to the horse makes that Mm -hmm. fight a lot more frustrating um 
it feels like unlike the other fights I mentioned, you know, earlier on in this, in this conversation that like one of the things I like is you can always like get stronger and go back to something. But with that Mm -hmm. boss, even if you're maxed out, right. I had like maxed out weapons and the maxed out weapons barely hurt it. Uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't mean shit if you can't hit them. Yeah. And you're level 150 with heavy armor and it still kills you in like two hits, sometimes Mm -hmm. one hit. Like it's, it's stats are so ridiculous. You have to go through it flawlessly and it's patterns are, are absurd where it's going miles away. It's like a very lengthy fight. You have to stay flawless for so long. And Mm -hmm. I know it's like, they want it to be this like big skill check at the end of the game, but it was, it was too much. I I really do think it was too much. And I'm usually very tolerant of, of what they go for in these games, but that it was just too extreme for me yeah honestly and like i said just to give you a a, an idea of how universal the sentiment is is um i follow a twitch streamer and called uh, jesus here's toast and um he is he nicknames his stream the church of getting good because oh yes you told me about this guy yeah 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 yeah. and um, i love the guy because um he puts his money where his mouth is like he shows what it takes to get good and he dies he will he's willing to die over and over and over again <laughs> until he gets the dodge timing perfectly which my god the mo- the minute he realized uh, that the dodge roll comes out when you release the button not when you press the button yeah. was one of the funniest moments on the stream because he literally gasped and just cursed Miyazaki's name to the heavens jokingly of course yeah. <laughs> but it was still one of those great moments and all this to say that even he says that that uh, Elden Beast fight is just not good. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall. Well, I don't speak Japanese, so I guess it wouldn't have helped to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> planning that out. Uh, but I, I, it is, it is definitely a, like, what were they thinking thing? I, I am exactly genuinely what curious what they were thinking. And I, and I don't mean that like a derisive, like, what were they thinking? But I, I mean it as no, a, I, like, yeah. I really wonder what they were going for with that because the design of this game is otherwise so immaculate. And with so many of these encounters, you you can kind of see exactly where they're coming from Mm -hmm. and the different options that are available to you for how to tackle them but with that it really felt like they were just throwing in like a fuck you at the end of the game with this that's really what it feels astonishingly difficult uh and 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 i think that those are examples of that kind of like yeah that fake difficulty thing i was talking about earlier about the fact that like the boss is huge so you can't see the tells for its attacks if you're trying to hit it it Mm -hmm. moves away from you and you have to run up to it and burn all your stamina and it'll like move away again you have to be reliant on the rng for it to not move around enough for you to hit it right um, it's it's just yeah it's it's hit boxes it's hit boxes for the space it takes up are bigger than the hit boxes to hit it so sometimes it's just ambient movement will push you away so that your attacks won't hurt it it's like right bullshit stuff like that that you would see in like early 3d games that mm-hmm. is annoying and that most games these days don't do like you don't see that kind of shit in like god of war right but like right right they i don't know for some reason with that boss they were like no we're gonna go straight up like bullshit ps1 like <laughs> like <laughs> asshole stuff right um yeah yeah and i it's, i don't have a lot of tolerance like i'm old i've been playing video games for a long time and and that stuff i just i never want to deal with that stuff ever again in my life <laughs> right i understand that's perfectly understandable and i think the funniest thing you said that night was um he was like oh look at all these loading screens depicting better moments in this game <laughs> yeah yeah because i hadn't played the game in a long time 
time. So as we were like running to that boss, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's it's you know, it's that uh, I forget his name again, Blade the Wolfman. Like, oh yeah, I remember all this stuff with that guy, or yeah, I remember that boss fight, or hey, I remember this area. And one of the loading screens that popped up was that wagon where I got the great axe, and it reminded yep. me of that like great exp- Oh yeah, that was so cool. And like, oh damn it, this Elder Beast again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, oh boy. Well, um. Now that we got that out of our system, um, mm-hmm. who's your favorite boss Ooh, that you faced? I should say yeah, because there, there's like I... a million and ten bosses in this fucking game. <laughs> yeah. Um. Geez, that's that's really tough. I'm I'm thinking back to like all the ones that uh, that that I can uh, that I can even remember um, I mean just describe what they look like you don't have to tell me their name or anything yeah I mean because <sighs> th- there are too many characters whose names start with yeah. G R and M and I think I know who's responsible for that yeah I me too um i mean that boss we were talking about earlier where you have to like use the torches to summon them i thought that was a really cool one that one's definitely Ooh, yeah, up the there ancestral for me. spirit yeah yes the ancestral spirit uh some of the um some of the like template bosses i know that like people don't like the crucible knights and they're like annoying or whatever but i ah, did dig that yeah. each of them was a slightly different take on you know it was like a knight but they have a different weapon or a different magic ability so i did like mm-hmm. like running through all those and uh uh seeing the different uh variants of them uh Uh what i really don't like are bosses that are multiple characters because when you go in there with summons they always kill your summon right away and then they overwhelm Mm -hmm. you and it's another like fake difficulty thing where like okay there's no window to hit them i just have to hope the rng has like one of them stay far back enough or something yeah um so like I remember in the mine there was uh or one of the mines had like you had to fight three guys and one of them was like a magic one of them had uh they were like those like stone guys that you fight in the oh mine. the crystal guys yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and I hated I liked yeah. those the other versions of that fight until the one where there was three guys and it was so hard and I had to just try to get so, one of them right away yeah yes yeah, yeah, so the strategy with those guys is that they're very weak to blunt. Yes, like I realized that. Yeah. Yes, I realized that later on. Um, yeah. I mean, I know it's not formally a boss fight, but the the thing with the wagon to get the great axe, I thought was oh. really great. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let, let's go with let's rephrase it then to best boss fights or best just moments. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a great moment for me. Uh, Radon. So Radon was another Yo. fight that annoyed me a lot, and I Radon. hated it. But <laughs> at one point, it like clicked. And when mm-hmm. that fight clicked for me, it was like this really interesting moment. I was like, oh, I get how this boss it's is supposed to work. It's a siege boss, yeah. Yes. Boss. <laughs> and that was that was a very, very cool just moment where Cinematic, it was like, yeah, and it was it was playing yeah. with the mechanics in a way that I didn't expect, right? So like, Wait, how do that you was a really cool one. Because Radon, the like trick to Radon, is, and I know you're good at the game, so you could just fight him. But the right. trick for a <laughs> lot of players is that you're not meant to just run into him and fight him because he's right. constantly spamming these huge aoe's you're supposed to stay away from him and kite him and use all of the summons and and it's this like long fight that you're supposed to like you know constantly summon your dudes and keep distance between you and him but i didn't right. realize that i didn't realize mm. that until i've been fighting him for like hours and then eventually it clicked and i'm like oh mm-hmm. 
-hmm. this is like a i'm supposed to stay on horseback i'm supposed to keep distance i'm supposed to stay like miles away from him and it's this game of like keep away the boss arena is gigantic i didn't realize how huge it was and it was was so clever right because it's like every other boss in the game you fight kind of the same way and then there's this guy that like oh no this is a totally different approach we Mm -hmm. set you up with a totally different thing where you're using oh my god like summoning the whole the whole buildup when you're standing there in the atrium listening to that guy do his speech is yeah just you so like if you do not feel hype to fight that boss after that then you have no soul like i'm just i'm just saying yeah i mean that that one um that rocks that was just such a cool moment uh everything building up to it and and the cleverness of the fight itself uh yeah mm-hmm. a, a a plus tier stuff oh and that actually reminds me of another uh rite of passage moment just like everyone remembers the first time they get massively walloped by the radon meteor Mm-hmm. yes <laughs> which funny story i didn't get hit by it but it was of course it was completely by accident but what happened instead was um it was what it was like something out of a goddamn Lo- wily coyote cartoon where the explosion <laughs> like happened the ex- when he landed the explosion happened like right behind me and killed all of the npcs that i had summoned just immediately so i so not only was i was the, the, i mean i barely managed to avoid the damage there but now i'm left alone with radon (laughs) yeah god i'm i'm thinking you know the more i think about it the more i'm like oh yeah there's some great um i forget the name of that character but another encounter that i thought was really interesting is uh in that raya lucaria academy Mm -hmm. there's that um the prawn guy no, no, there's a, it, 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 I guess it, it, uh, it manifests as like a red, it's not an invader, right? But it's like an AI invader and it's like this mage character that's constantly running away from you and spamming spells and you have to go through like this gauntlet to kind of chase her down to the area where you're actually able to fight her. And I thought that was another just really interesting, um, encounter. Oh, okay. There's, so there's. Okay, so there's a a red character you said that you face in Raya Lucario. Hmm. Yeah, and and okay. it, and it, I remember it was uh you needed to unlock like you know how you could get like the other version of uh of of there that like if there's a certain key you could use and it's like a mirror version of where you're like oh on the oh and shit. oh yeah. that, that 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 okay yeah and uh, that was that was Raya Lucario right or am I thinking about another area? Or did you um? Is it this? Is it another area where that guy in the comically big Jura, I think his name is, with the the guy with the really big hat and the really long sword? No, I know the guy you're thinking of, but this is like a totally separate. This might be a thing that maybe you never ran into. Maybe, um, maybe. <laughs> I don't so, remember so, the name of that character, but it was it was a neat encounter. Where and so okay, go into more detail then, because I, I apparently had missed this one. Yeah, so it's like you're basically working your way through this library, and there's a bunch of other enemies. So what? It's an extended encounter where you're basically chasing them down, and you're contending with the enemies that are in between you and them, and then you you'll reach them and maybe get oh. one hidden, and then they'll teleport oh, away. Okay. Okay, yeah. I know which area you're talking about right now because it's in that space. It's in that building where you have to put in. You have to go. You have to do Ronnie's 
quest line and put the statue in. Yes, to turn put the building the upside in. down. Exactly, and it's that it's like part. a library yep. type building. Yes, yep, exactly. That part. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Yes, yeah. and and that and it was like really tough. But when I did it, it was I felt like oh hey I I finally you know figured this out. It was like, and and I think the reward for that was some kind of like you know impaced character thing. I'm like oh I can't even use it. But hey, it was a <laughs> it was a neat like interesting fight and interesting encounter. And and I guess I I like the ones where they do just cool like you know almost meta stuff like that where it's not just a fight it's like oh yeah you're chasing this enemy or you have to figure out the right way to approach this enemy um mm-hmm. yeah that that kind of stuff um what was the one uh the like ferryman ghost that you fight in like the water that was a cool one too oh oh yeah the yeah i know the fairy the, there's a there's another name there's an official name for them but yeah the ferrymen who all who are always like in the ruins and stuff and they have those big ass horns that also double as an oar yeah those yeah. those are fun those are fun fights too especially if you have a whole if you have a holy based weapon they it melts their health like yeah. if you really want to feel like a badass yeah um a mariner that's what they're called yes the mariners, mariners. yeah the yeah, Seattle I mean, baseball it's... team <laughs> There's so much, there's so much great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought the, uh, I know that there's a lot of different ones, but the tree sentinels, a lot of those are fun encounters too. Um, yeah. and, and great designs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, we could go on about it forever. There's a lot of a lot of terrific uh, bosses, and I think all the ones you have to fight, right? Like Margit and uh, oh yeah, Gideon oh, God, or yeah, like Gideon I the Grafted those... who cuts off his own arm and replaces it with a dragon head. Or Godric <laughs> is that Godric or is it is there no Godric is Godric is at the end. God, for, wait, or Godfrey the or Gideon? Oh no, Gideon is. The... Too many fucking I know, same letter. I know. Okay, no, Gideon is the guy in the main hub who's the all-knowing guy. Um Godfrey. Wait, Godfrey, which one is Godfrey and Godfrey? Godfrey t- is the, the, the golden ghost with like the big axe, because he that's the one that's like the, the first, first Elden Lord, Lord. Yeah. yeah. That you fight like before the like final right and godric yeah godric the grafted is the guy who cuts off his own arm and yes that, yeah. godric was a cool yeah that was a cool one too mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like uh, honestly my personal favorite boss fight um it was verdon until i faced moog have you ever did you get to that part with moog i'll have to double check what moog the the okay so Lord he's in the blood. boss arena that has the big egg and that's in the on the altar uh-huh yeah, so um, he's called himself. This is kind of the confusing thing about Elden Ring is that um, I don't blame people who uh, there are people who used Scarlet Rot based weapons against Millennia, even though Millennia is made of rot. But I cut that some slack because Moog is the Lord of Blood, and he's somehow weak to bleed. I I remember this guy, and I remember him being extremely tough. He is extremely tough, but he is also my favorite boss fight in the entire game because um. I just, he was the boss where the game actually clicked for me. It's Uh like, this is kind of similar to your axe story. Like you're, you've, uh, you hold on to that axe because you, you felt like you accomplished something when you got that axe. For me, it was when my sense of accomplishment came when I finally defeated Moog because I, I didn't look up any guides. I didn't look up any spells or weaknesses or anything. I figured it out on my own and learned the dodging timing on my own and yeah, I managed to beat him. Um, although I will say that's not entirely accurate. Um, there is a special like physic that you have to phys- There's a crimson tear that you have to mix into your little physic thing. A physic is for those who don't know. Um, your v- 
vial of mixed physics is um a little potion that you could use to give yourself temporary buffs for a fight. And one of them is a special buff that's unique to that boss fight. So you know the part in the middle where he um he heal he basically heals himself while also damaging you. And you can, yeah, the physic, there's that one. I yeah. remember this, that there's like a certain combination you can use to to prevent yourself from getting owned by that. From getting owned by that, yeah. Which, he's still a tough fight even with that, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't get like instantly... Yeah, I mean, and wild, right? And say mm-hmm. that also reminds me of like the shackles that you can use in a few of the bosses. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 And I forget... Well, does Moog have a shackle too? I think he does. I think he does, honestly, you yeah. You can use the shackle in the fight and, and paralyze him for, to get like a couple hits in too mm-hmm. and uh, Malekith, that's also neat yeah. yeah go ahead sorry no no Malekith also has uh, if you get the black blade which requires you to do all the stuff at, in that um, volcano manner um, you yeah, can parry manner, yeah. you can parry certain attacks of his but only certain attacks yeah that that's a that's a whole thing that's another thing I found really interesting that I think up until the Elden Beast every uh, like non-optional boss has mm-hmm. one or two things like that of like a special item that gives you an advantage against them specifically that you could find mm-hmm. um and i like that they did that because if you're like really stuck on that boss like all right well you can get this like shackle that makes this fight easier and you get a few free hits in you know or something like right. that i i like that it that it uh that it had that kind of stuff would have been nice to have something like that for the Elden Beast, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, shit. All this talk about bosses, and we still haven't addressed the elephant in the room. Mm. Good old Melania, Blade of Mikola. I was never able to beat Melania either. Okay, I have yeah. beaten her, but I have never soloed her. So you know what? Come come at me, nerds. Uh, maybe. Oh, you didn't yeah. really beat Melania then. Fuck Let off. Me solo her. I, I came. That was one boss where I came within like one sliver of health of beating her, and then I just like never came that close again. I'm like, man, that I'm like too frustrated. I just I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she she is the boss though. Like the way I like to put it is that she bullies you into using as many tools as you have at your disposal. Because yeah. and if you're not using bleed or frost, then you're kind of at a severe disadvantage. But fucking waterfowl dance like that's one thing that i straight up yeah i had to google that just to see what to do and here's the thing one of the strategies is to run away from the first two and then dodge the other two parts of that attack i can only run away fast enough from that attack if i don't have any armor on which is why i imagine let me solo her fights her without armor on which oh yeah that never even occurred to me (laughs) oh trust me i had you have to think outside of the box and the fucking ozone layer to come up with strategies to beat Melania. But yeah, I I remember seeing a video about that on like Twitter or something of like, it's, it's so, it's so specific and not intuitive that like, Oh, you have to like dodge towards her in the middle of that sequence. And then wait a beat before you dodge the four. Like you would never intuitively figure out that timing, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to look it up, I guess. Uh, Well, I don't want to say you would never, because some players obviously did, but most players wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Um, But you know, she is definitely the, hardest boss in all of Soulsborne. That that you that, that honor used to belong to Orphan of Cause from the Bloodborne DLC because I swear to God that guy is sentient sometimes. But I think Millennia still edges him out because 
imagine i can't imagine what orphan of cost would be like if every time he hit you he healed i know that's a that's yeah. an absurd i mean it's absurdly over the top difficult but it is like a totally optional encounter so it's like well hey, it they put yeah. they put that in there for the super hardcore heads i'm not as mad about that as i am about the uh, yeah because the here's beast. the thing you don't stumble into millennia on accident. You yeah. just don't. <laughs> yeah. You have to try and get there. And yeah, and I got uh, there and, you know, yeah. did did the yeah. fight a bunch and I was like, eh, you know, this is And you know what? The the short loading times and the convenient checkpoint can only do so much, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's great that that's there in general, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that uh, this being on current-gen consoles and having the solid-state drives and, and not a lot of loading throughout the game, that helps a lot. Because I remember, you know, in the days of Demon Souls and Dark Souls, you know, when a boss would beat you and you'd have to, like, oh, here's a 90-second loading time before I could take another shot at it. That, that shit was exhausting. So it's, <laughs> it's yeah. good that... Uh, this game doesn't have that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, on a technical level, uh, I do think it's like really impressive, right? That it renders like, cause I think once, once you load into the game, there's like no load times. Right. So like, unless you die right uh, which right happens a lot uh but it's it's <laughs> impressive that they're able to like keep it going g- given the size of the world and the complexity of everything in it oh yeah for sure for sure because at the end of the day for all of our gripes and groans about it it is an a phenomenal game because one thing i wanted to point out when you mentioned the game of the year awards is that it is it actually when it walked away with every single uh major game of the year award the gold like the bafta the golden mm-hmm. joystick, golden uh, joysticks, all, yeah. yeah you know what the other two games to do that were in history yes god that's an interesting question if it, you give me years like give me years and i'll see if i can no, guess. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just tell you because we're kind of all right you're kind of low on time we're, we're, yeah we're, we're running uh we're running we're recording this on zencaster zencaster has a two-hour limit we're at gotcha. 39 minutes now so i don't kind of want to okay okay cut down on the dead time but um <laughs> i mean still plenty of time but yeah, yeah um it was i find this interesting it were they were breath of the wild and okay. skyrim two yeah. other open two other games that have set that were praised for resetting the standard for open world games that's interesting and it makes it makes a lot of sense because one of the observations i made is like this year it seemed like at most publications it was really between elden ring and god of war ragnarok and i think both Mm -hmm. of them excel at slightly different things and i can see why somebody would like either game better but i think to someone that's really into games elden ring is more interesting in terms of moving the medium forward and doing things that you don't typically see in games that's exactly it and you know what god of Um, war is like you know a better narrative game and and it's more intuitive and and you know i think that the difficulty curve is like mad like there's a lot of stuff to really really like about that game Mm -hmm. but i think elden ring is a a better game for like you know pushing games forward or however you want to put it and i think that's why it it tended to win so much uh in those direct you know head-to-head matchups yeah, it's funny that you mentioned better narrative because, listeners, there's a reason we have not touched on the story of Elden Ring because there's just too much goddamn shit. It's it's, it's a, a fun... I think the story of Elden Ring, it's like, it's world building for you to lose yourself in, and it's yeah, fun and interesting, yeah. but there's mm-hmm. not like a... Th- there's not like a cool thread you can follow through like in like in the new god of war which has this very mm-hmm. like you know 
interesting story about the relationship between the father and the son and how it develops. You know, we don't, we're not talking about that game, but you're not going right. to see anything like that. <laughs> you're going to get a bunch of little stories that are interesting and you're going to get, going to get a bunch of world building and stuff like Radon and his little horse that he learned magic. So he doesn't have to give up his little horse because it was, yes. too, you know, there's a lot of great stuff like that. That's really enjoyable, but it's not, mm-hmm. It's not like a digestible, cohesive, big story. It's like little snippets, and every player will get different bits of those little snippets as they work mm-hmm. their way through that world. Uh huh. Yeah, and for everything else, just watch Vati video or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, okay. So I think this is a good spot. We're covered up on eighty-two minutes of recording time now. So, mm-hmm. um, I feel like what you said earlier about how this Elden Ring is the game that it is for all of its faults it is a it is a cultural milestone as far as video gaming is and for that it i i have to love it and so yeah final verdict on eldering um 250 hours um here's to at least 250 more and let's hope that a lot of them is with me playing with either you fredo or any other friends out there any other tarnished I, I look I look forward to ha- I mean it's going to be interesting to see how they follow up on this because yeah I really do think that this is like an evolutionary moment in gaming and and uh, I know you said earlier about like yeah those other open world games that were like unanimous it, it is rare that we have a, a game that's like head and shoulders above everything else and it's it's going to be challenging for them to build on this because that's that's real real innovative revolutionary kind of stuff so in elden ring 2 as wonderful as that would be like this is not a feeling that you know you're gonna get often so uh (laughs) yeah really really impressive i think it's a must play for all its faults and you know it's unintuitive you know sometimes overly obtuse nature uh i i think it's like if you're if you're into video games you owe it to yourself to check this one out because uh, I think in the next few years, we're going to see more people taking attempts at this like open world souls like thing, like much like how they made the souls like a genre. I think that they've they've now made the Elden Ring genre. It's just that it's going to take some time before yeah. we really start to see stuff, uh, you know, in that in that space. All right. Well, yeah, I feel like that's a good way to a good bow to wrap this up in. So, um. Fredo, for all the people for, who are hearing you for the first time, or people who just need a reminder, where can they find you? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you can find me on Twitter while it's still around. Uh, oh, God. At uh, you that's U-T-W-I-T-I-L-Y, twit. I love you. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got links to, I'm also on Twitch at Fredo Fabrucci. Uh, you can find the link to my Twitch on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I haven't found... You know, wherever we're all going to go after Twitter, because that that new the the latest in the in the Musk updates of, uh, you know, it's only going to be verified accounts in polls <laughs> for you and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, when you, if you're listening to this, look for me there and hopefully uh, it, will, it will still be around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, to that same effect, um, the name of the show is Busted Limes. You can find us on Twitter at Busted Limes Pod for as long as Twitter is still alive. You can follow me at NobleKind92. You could follow my co-host Black Belt at Black Belt1996, I believe. I always forget this. Just ask any regular listener. We do have regular listeners, right? 
Yeah, I, we, I, 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 uh, me, I listen. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you. That's why we love you, Fredo. Um, but yes, you can follow my co-host Black Belt at Black Belt 1998. He's much more active on Twitter than he is on this show. That sounded uglier than I anticipated. Yeah, God I'm is, sorry. But yes, um, to all of our wonderful listeners, to Fredo, and to all of our fellow Tarnished, thank you for busting a line with us. Bye forever.